Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The 
the Big Sky Conference will not be playing football in the fall of 2020. It is Tutel and Nuanas. It is 1029 ESPN Radio. It is SWX Montana Television across the great state. Outstanding to be with all of you out there. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, happy to have you on board on this Friday afternoon, which we have so very much to get to today. Uh, I don't know how we're going to pack it in, but Coulter, we always find a way, do we not? So we will do it once again here. Yeah, let's uh, uh, let's just not even waste any time. Okay, huh? well, let's... We're going to talk to everybody in the Big Sky Conference about the Big Sky Conference football <laughs> season move to spring. Roll! Gosh, no kidding. Uh, if you would like to listen live and you're at a market or it's just easy for you, go to the website, 1029ESPN.com. you listen live there on the stream, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you would like to call us, don't, because we're not going to take your calls today. we got too much going on, but you can certainly text us on the phone line, 361-3688. 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. We're going to open here with a short segment, about 10 minutes long. We're going to hear from Commissioner Tom Wistersill in his opening comments today. Uh, he was uh, t- speaking with Mary Lou's Cook, a representative uh, of the uh, Big Sky Conference, and just basically making the announcement of the uh the, the delay, the postponement of the 2020 football season in the fall to the spring of 2021. So we will get into that. Obviously, that will be the overarching portion of the conversation today. In about 15 minutes, at uh, 4.15 here, we will speak to the athletic director at the University of Montana, Kent Haslam. And Kent Haslam had a press conference today. He was there joined by uh, head coach Bobby Houck and then two players, Jace Lewis and Sammy Akem from the football team, discussing what is obviously a very disappointing uh, uh, reality and result for uh, for them at this uh, time and, and kind of just kind of going through that is a press conference out at uh, Washington Grizzly Stadium today but we will have Kent on here live at 4.15 to talk to us kind of specifically about some of the ins and outs of this what silver linings there can be that we can can, can look at and, and what ultimately you know were the deciding factors in this. More, we know some of the general stuff. I mean you talk about player safety, you talk about money but what specifically were the things that, that led to this uh, ultimate decision which ultimately by the way was made late yesterday evening and officially announced this morning by the president's council. Okay, that's the way this thing works. So we'll get into that with him. We also uh, spoke earlier today with the athletic director for Montana State, Leon Costello. We will bring you that conversation as well here in the first hour. At the top of the hour, we will hear some stuff uh, from uh, on, on pre-recorded levels uh, from Jeff Choate, from a couple of players at Montana State as well, uh, from a video that they released. And we are also awaiting sound uh, from the press conference that uh, was had today. And when that comes through, we will do our best to turn that around for you so you can hear from Bobby Houck as well, from Sammy Akem, from Jace Lewis, uh, too, uh, from the Montana Grizzlies. And we will bring that to you one way or another uh, uh, as, as best we are able today. And then perhaps there may be some that we, we get to uh, on Monday of next week. So we'll get into all that. And despite what is a melancholy day for football fans across the state of Montana, we will try and have a little bit of fun with our dear friend Carol and the chick doesn't know sports because it is Friday. Speaking of Friday, every Friday around here, we do take a break, no matter how busy we are, to have a little bit of coffee from our friends at the Florence Coffee Company. I have followed Coulter's suit today. I went iced Americano, hot Americano for Reese in the back. I'm enjoying it very much. And did you know, Coulter, the Florence Coffee Company, your Missoula 2020 best of coffee shop, the Florence Coffee Company. So congratulations to them on that. And 
It is Friday. It is hot. You got a full weekend ahead of you. You got to you got to be in a contemplative mood, but you also have to think. Well, this is the juice that helps you think right here. The other juice that you like to have on Friday nights that does not help you think. Well, it depends on who you are. It does not help you think. This is the one right here. You go get yourself a coffee. <laughs> Listen, I think that uh, Hunter S. Thompson, Ernest Hemingway, they would argue. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Against your point. No, no, no. They Most journalists in the history of America probably argue here's against your point. All, all I'm going to say is my, my point's inarguable. Whatever <laughs> the whatever they say about that, this will help you. Period. End of story. You go to Florence Coffee Company right now. You get yourself a coffee. It's Friday. The kiosks are open. You're close to one as we speak to you. Almost certainly go to Florence Coffee Company and have a nice Friday. Okay? I'm going to be so juiced up from this wonderful Americano that you got me that... Uh, Upon arrival at Flathead Lake tonight, yes, I believe that I'm going to just jump in fully clothed. Oh, and I'm going to make sure my phone is in my pocket. <laughs> well, and then I'll see the guys all in March. I think uh, there's maybe a lot of people who might agree with that sentiment right about now. And uh, let's get into it. Look, officially, uh, the Big Sky Conference not going to be playing football in the fall of 2020. Uh, they will uh, uh, shoot for playing football in the spring of 2021. That is the goal right now. That announcement was made official uh, this morning. Tom Wistersill uh, did a, a video that was released. But he's a commissioner, by the way, of the Big Sky Conference. It was released by uh, the conference. He was interviewed uh, by, by uh, Mary Lou. Cook, who does a great job for the uh, for the conference, doing the media stuff for the conference. So we'll just give you a portion of that conversation just to sort of set the stage on where we're at. So here you go, Tom Wistersill, with the announcement earlier today. First off, what were some of the key factors that led to the President's Council deciding to push football conference play to the spring? Well, you know, this was certainly something that we've worked on a long time. Um, everybody wanted to play football this fall, and uh, was worked really hard behind the scenes to uh, try to find a safe way to, to do this. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, the decision was a long time coming. Appreciate the patient, patience of everybody. And I know there's anxiety out there amongst our coaches and student athletes and that. But hopefully they understand that uh, we really needed to work very diligently uh, to see what our options were. Uh, we engage pretty much all the groups we have within our conference, including our new uh, medical and health and safety committee. And, and so they were a key part. But, you know, we also we did talk to our student athlete advisory committee. We talked with our faculty reps. Uh, we talked with our coaches. Um, we talked with our administrators, obviously, uh, frequently and our university presidents as well. And, 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 you know, in the recent, you know, last few days, just realized that we couldn't safely uh, pull off football the way we wanted it to be. And, uh, and so that's where we made the difficult decision to say we're not going to play football this fall and uh, look towards the spring. And so certainly was proud of the engagement of everyone in our conference during this difficult time. Uh, I think we arrived at the decision that's best for the health and safety of our student athletes. And that has to be our first concern always when we're looking at something like that. How did the different admin groups and committees help in determining not only this decision, but others along the way? So we're very fortunate. we got a great group of uh, faculty reps and ADs and presidents, uh, and, and we have a great group of student athletes in the big sky as well. And, and so, you know, it was all about making sure that uh, we asked the right questions, we engaged the right people, uh, and got the right information. Uh, you know, I work pretty much on a daily basis with the other commissioners around the country, as well as people within the NCA structure uh, to gather information, to see what's out there, to see, kind of look ahead as well, to 
to see whether it's from a testing standpoint or from anything within the medical community there that could help affect our decisions. And then it's a matter, matter of engaging them, getting the right information to our people here so then they can, uh, they can make the decisions that they, that they think are best. Um, as, as we know, the decisions weren't made in a vacuum and they weren't made real quickly, uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're very proud of where we landed and proud of the engagement of all those people and including people on our campuses that, you know, typically maybe we wouldn't have it engaged as much, but we had many of our trainers stepped up, the people, the frontline people that, uh, that work so hard on a daily basis with our student athletes and, uh, and, and them providing information uh, to us was key as well. So we feel good about the decision. Don't feel great about the fact that we can't play football this fall, but again, health and safety takes a priority. How does this decision impact Big Sky football student athletes being able to compete for a conference or even a national championship during the 2020-21 academic year? Well, now the work begins for us to uh, lead the charge to uh, hopefully get that FCS uh, playoff moved to the spring. That work begins right now, and I'll be working with the other FCS commissioners and the NCAA uh, and the leadership within all of those groups to uh, let's let's get this uh a train move into the spring and uh, we're, our plan is to build a conference schedule for the spring for football that leads into the playoffs and hopefully one of our teams win in a national championship so so that work begins now we're excited about leading that charge uh as uh, as we believe we're the leader in fcs football and uh, and want to lead that charge nationally as well so look forward to that work beginning right now and hopefully able to deliver that championship experience to our coaches and student athletes there you go, Tom Wistersill uh, earlier today, you know, again, striking a tone. And, and it's so interesting, you think, the commissioner of the conference here. I mean, he's he's not much more in this role than, than sort of the mouthpiece, right? He's the announcement guy. He certainly has input uh, into the decisions and, 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 you know, gives advice the way he sees it from a sort of holistic perspective but it's the presidents who ultimately they made the decision on the recommendation of the athletic directors and uh, uh, that's where we're at so we'll take a quick break uh, because on the other side we'll have the athletic director at the University of Montana Kent Haslam joining us live to talk to us uh, you know about how this decision was has come about and, and where that leaves us as it pertains to football in general and uh, and and looking forward to what is going to happen this spring we'll get to Kent Haslam right after this At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter as well. 
We are happy now uh, to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in once again the athletic director from the University of Montana, Kent Haslam. And Kent, uh, first of all, really appreciate you being back on with us. I know it's a, been a hectic 24 hours, a very crazy day today, and and not a, an especially happy day as well. So we certainly recognize that and appreciate your time. And with the announcement that came out today, obviously, of, of the postponement of uh, Big Sky Conference football from the fall to the spring, uh, we understand you know, broadly, some of the reasons why, you, and especially you talk about, obviously, the, the paramount nature of the health and well-being of the students, of the coaches, et cetera, some of the financial parts of this thing. But what specifically were the things ultimately that that led to this decision to be made, and, and did we land on the right one to you? Well, I think we landed on the right one um, for where we, where we sit right now. I think a decision needed to be made. This is the right thing to do. Um, and I think specifically what really, what started this, uh, for me was when the PAC 12 moved to a conference only, and that was your first sign, uh, certainly a spike in the coronavirus cases was born as well, but as the PAC 12 moved, uh, then that shut down a lot of those games that are guarantee games. And then you started to recognize that there were really some changes of moving across the country. Then when the Colonial Athletic did what they did, you stand up and take a look as well. But specifically, it's the, I think the, the, the end was the NCAA coming out with the mandatory testing. And then you look and say, okay, are we really in a position to be able to do this? And then we've talked before about our county health and uh, the, the, and they've been great partners through this, but our limitations right now on being 50 groups of 50, uh, that's not going to work for a football team. And so are we delaying the inevitable? We're heading into camp. We're bringing all these young men back to campus. Uh, as freshmen that are coming in, is it time to just say, look, it's, it's time to face reality. Kent, thanks so much for joining us. Um, one of the most disheartening parts of this for us has been just how glaring this has pointed to the priority on money when it comes to college football, particularly at the big time level. And I think that, like you said, when the PAC 12 moved to the conference only, that's a huge financial hit for schools across the big sky conference. And so when you really start to break this thing down, I think that all three of us could agree. One of the best parts about working in the FCS and and in your, in your role working at FCS athletic director is the fact that it's not just about gigantic profit margins and television money. It's about the purity of the game. It's about putting on a, a wonderful entertainment uh, product that that brings the community together that can stimulate the local economy. We're doing this for such different reasons than maybe gigantic profit margins. And then when the NCAA passed what they did on Tuesday, it seemed as if they made a statement. Well, where you know, if you have money, you can play, and if you don't, you better reconsider. And it seems like it's just further dividing the quote-unquote haves and have-nots. So, I mean, what do you think of it just from that perspective? The fact that um, it, it's sort of putting even more separation between the different tiers of Division One college football. Yeah, you, I mean, uh, you summed it up very well. Um, I, I, uh, I, I think we're naive if we don't acknowledge that we do need revenue to operate. Where that revenue comes from, whether it's TV or uh, student fees or tickets in our case, uh, or just general help from the university. We do need to have money to operate, and um, so we have to acknowledge that. Uh, 
but uh, it it does it does shine a light on kind of how how we have to operate how how uh, programs are operating, um, and uh, like we we talked before, I think on the last time I was on, I, I do think that this reshapes maybe the way uh, college athletics. Um, operates. I don't know exactly how that might be, but uh, I think this does reshape it. It shines a light on some things. It gives you a chance to hit a hit a refresh button. But I am proud of of what we do uh, at the FCS level. I enjoy it. I enjoy the um, the collegiate experience. I think we uh, contribute greatly to the overall mission of. The University of Montana. I, I, I will. I will state that until I'm no longer in this position, and I'll state it after that as well. Because I think we do play a vital role in the college uh, higher educational uh, mission of this university. So I, you know, it is. It is. Uh, it's tough that young men aren't going to be able to compete because that's the crowning achievement for them. Um, that's disheartening. That's uh, sad, but um, we'll get through it. We got we now can look towards spring, and and uh, eventually this will pass, and and we'll, we'll we'll get through this. From an optimistic standpoint, though, uh, I think that the conversations you and I have had, uh, both on the show and not on this show, the most frustrating part about this entire thing has been um, just just the delaying and the, the no opportunity to make a plan going forward. So from your role. How relieving is it to just know, okay, here's the deal. We actually have now this statement that's been made by the league. Now we can actually start to plan for something in the future. There is a bit of sense, just a sense of a bit of relief. Uh, in, in March, I compare it to you're standing in a dark, dark room and someone just turns a spotlight on your face and you're like, whoa, what happened? And this one has been a little bit more like the sun coming up on the, on the day, right? Like it's slowly getting lighter and then the sun peaked over the horizon today, and we now have okay. That's what that's what we're faced with. That's what we're dealing with, and and it does bring um, some some uh, ability now to plan and to look ahead and to shoot for know, knowing what you're dealing with, and it also brings closure to our student athletes because they've they've just been you know bouncing back and forth. They want to know what's going on. They're, they're creatures of habit. They love being together, they're gatherers by nature, they want to be a part of the team. So it also gives some some closure to them to know, okay, this is what we're faced with. University of Montana Athletic Director Kent Haslam joining us here. Now, Kent, earlier, I sent out my very, very first incorrect tweet. And so I... <laughs> he, he wishes. That, that, was, that was the first, and that's the last time that it's going to happen. <laughs> but clarify this for us, and I appreciate you, you helping there as well, because the... the as of right now, the conference, the Big Sky Conference, is allowed if to play potentially three non-conference games in either the fall or the spring. But as of and nothing set in stone, right? We understand like there's no nothing certain at this point at all. But at this point, the University of Montana is going to pursue an eight-game conference schedule and perhaps not a non-conference schedule in either the fall or the spring. Is that correct? That is, that's correct, and you're the, you're the first person in the world's history to ever send out an incorrect tweet. 
Yes, I, I know. Yeah, you're the world's history must have started at 6 p.m. yesterday I'm, because there were so many incorrect <laughs> tweets yesterday during the show. I thought I was going to lose my mind. Oh, man. I hope the ban doesn't come down on me. You know, I hope I don't get yeah, kicked no, off of Twitter, you know? You know, you're, you're, you're good. Your blue check mark is now at risk. But anyway, seriously, <laughs> no, you're, um, uh, we are not anticipating playing any football games this fall at the University of Montana. All three of our non-conference games have officially now been canceled. What this fall will look like is to be determined. The conference now needs to decide whether or not they allow some non-conference competition. And that needs to be clarified, too, from the NCAA on if you compete in those, do you exhaust your eligibility? Because take, for example, someone, you, you play, you get in a couple of two, a couple of non-conference games, and then no spring happens, and then you're sitting there going, I just wasted my senior year on two non-conference games back in September. So there needs to be some clarification from that, too. But the conference as a whole needs to still work through some of that, and, and Tom... I uh, can certainly explain that that better, but there is some, you know, how, how, what are we going to do with the non-conference? But at Montana, we do not plan to play any football games in the fall. Now, in the spring, it, it's, it's, it's honed in on a conference-only schedule. Uh, what, we, what we'd like to do is um, eight week, a nine-week, eight-game conference-only schedule playing conference-only opponents. And so is there is there any chance – that there could be even one or two non-conference games added to a spring schedule, like realizing that what you're focused on now is that nine-week, eight-game conference slate. But but could there be, you know, whether it would be a money game or just just a prep game of, of some sort to be played in the spring, or is that for, for the University of Montana not what you're looking to do at this time? That's not what we're looking to do. I, I don't anticipate any non-conference games in the spring. No, I... Uh, I, I don't, I don't, now is there a chance, you know, to quote the, 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 the philosopher from Dumb and Dumber, there's like always a chance, but, <laughs> me there's right. a chance, but it, I, I do not see there being non-conference, out-of-conference football games uh, in the spring, especially for the University of Montana. I see us, if we play, I see it being uh, an eight-game uh, conference-only schedule, whether our schedule right now that we have just moves to the spring. So we open with Cal Poly on whatever day, and we play uh, Montana State at the end of that nine-week um, time frame. Who knows? Uh, but that's that's what I anticipate happening. And is that a result of, of things like weather? Is it a result of, of what is an anticipated continuing testing uh, requirements that are obviously a, a significant cost? What, what are the, the, the reasons that go into saying, you know, I, I think we need to focus on conference and, and not do non-conference this, this year, either fall or spring? I think it, for me it's focused in on uh, playing – I think weather probably plays a factor in that, but then also just think about stretching that all the way through with the potential of a playoff at the end. And you've got a really long March, April, May into June, and then you really put your 2021 season at jeopardy mm. um, because you're just you're back and you're back right to football. And I I don't think that's so I don't think that's the, that's the right thing to do either. So it's a matter of getting a, a meaningful conference schedule and determining uh, conference champion, um, you know, if we can on eight games or 13 teams, that's a whole other conversation. But uh, we won't go down that one. Um, 
but then getting into getting into to some sort of a playoff. So if the playoff moves to the spring, you feel like you're playing for something. If the playoff does not move to the spring, then you got to reevaluate and say, is it is it worth it? Uh, you know, it's always worth it. We love to play. We, I love to watch football games, but you know, then you've got to reevaluate kind of where you sit. When it comes to other schools in the Big Sky, when you were discussing with the ADs, as we know, there's a lot of different ways that revenue is produced in the Big Sky Conference, and I think that's one of the things that makes the league fascinating, the geographic landscape it encompasses, as well as the difference in the institutions. But schools, you know, there are there are some schools that really need the money games for the viability of it. And as you said, I mean, I know the Pac-12 canceling was a big financial hit across the board, but there still is a possibility maybe the Mountain West might play. So there is some quote-unquote money games to be had for other Big Sky schools. I know you guys are not going to play any games in the fall. Is there a possibility of other Big Sky teams playing a game or two in the fall? And, and like you said, do you think that just comes down to how they determine how the eligibility is played out? Yeah, I think that that's that's part of it, and I think that's why the um, that door to open um, for the potential to play some non conference games as conference or, or to play some non conference games in the fall was left open um, for some schools that are in a spot to maybe manage this better. Um, uh, and, and the Mountain West has still left open that, that door of potentially playing. And so uh, I, I could see film in, in the right football financed in such a different way in, in, in the places around this conference. We, we know that home games are important for us. Home games in front of a full stadium are, are, are more valuable for us than going off and playing a guarantee game. We, we do typically generate more revenue uh, when you take out all the expenses of getting somewhere. We, we play we play money games typically just for the, uh, lots of the experience and then also for the revenue is nice to go towards a one-time type of um, expenditures when you want to put in a new turf or do some things like that. But uh, I, I, I believe that's why that door was open. And then also just to allow potentially a chance to play because I think there are there could be some big sky schools that don't play uh, um, money games. They just they, they they would like to play them, and they feel like they can manage with their local health uh, regulations. Uh, they could they could manage playing and their ability to test and doing all those type of things. Well, Ken, I'll tell you what. Again, uh, amidst the the chaos of the last you know couple of days and, and the announcement today, we do appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us here on the show. And and hopefully, uh, maybe tomorrow it could be a day of breathing. You know, deep breathing in and out for you, and you can just kind of rewind it back a little bit. And then I know that there's still now a, now a ton of new work begins uh, to uh, to try and go forward towards that and and get a championship in the spring and all of that. So we certainly wish you the best and we'll obviously be uh, uh continuing to, to talk as we go along that through through all of this so thank you so much oh you're welcome I'm, we now turn our focus to uh, volleyball soccer and basketball folks basketball's not too far away either, right so. right but we'll get on that we'll get on that on monday very good. Yeah, exactly. Give yourself the weekend for crying out loud. Uh, you, you've earned it for sure. But, Ken, thanks so much for being here. All right. You're welcome. Take care. Ken Haslam, the athletic director at the University of Montana. Uh, appreciate him joining us. I think you start to, to you know get a picture of everything that's going on. I think it's becoming clearer and clearer that the biggest line item in the decision when it came from what the NCAA uh, Board of Governors passed on on Wednesday morning. Ultimately, was the 
the necessity of testing and the cost associated with it. And not just for the University of Montana or Montana State, because as we discussed before, there's a chance that that could have had uh, perhaps some state help from you know from a financial standpoint to get that done but there's 13 schools in the big sky conference not all of them have that not all of them are state schools and and so you get that as well and again i what what i what i what i tweeted earlier today was that they're the all fall non-conference football games have been canceled at the university of montana and i presumptively said so that, that they'll be played in the spring because i just assumed that that first of all because it's allowable and also you're playing a full season that that would be what would happen then i find out no 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 that's not what we're talking about here university of montana is looking at playing an eight game total regular season and it, and what he said makes sense right when you talk about looking at the length of the duration of the season if you include a multi week an expected multi week postseason in the tournament you know the non-conference becomes a real problem when you're going around the corner and now you're weeks away supposedly from the start of the 2021 season so well, and, that and, makes sense to me but I, I i i had no i i was blindsided by that i must say i had no idea that 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 wasn't even really a consideration that was being made well, and it also comes down to who do you play for your non-conference. Right, right. Sure, because a lot, of, a, a, lot of schools, a lot of schools in the big sky can't afford to buy games. Division two mm-hmm. canceled. I mean, who who do the schools like Idaho State and Portland State ever get to come to their house to play in the non-conference at home? It, it's only Division two schools. There don't there is no one to play. Okay, so then you also have the Pioneer League. They have not said they have a plan for the spring. They've only opted out for the fall. Okay, so now you don't have any West Western FCS schools, and th- there's no one to play. Well, you know who I think they should play? Who? Big Sky teams that aren't on their regular well, season. Well, that, that is a clause that's in the, that's deal, in the deal, you know? because you actually are allowed to play two non-conference games against Big Sky Conference schools right. that aren't on your conference schedule, because every school does not play four they're, other they're, member schools. That's right. You know, there was a couple years ago where Weber State said, I mean, Jay Hill said, I'm not going to mess around and, and try to come up with all these different... We're going to play home-and-home home with the two schools that aren't on our schedule the next three well, years. And, and I was gonna, Montana State did it with Eastern Washington because the league somehow went away from Montana State playing Eastern, so they just went home-home-and-home. And, home. and again, it's the easiest thing in the world. Okay, there's a clause in there, and I understand why. This season, you waive the clause. Everybody gets to play three games against you know a sure. big sky team that's not on their regular season schedule. I mean, that would be... You'd be right... Right up against everybody playing everybody, it would be it would be kind of. But again, that doesn't fix the the very real concern and question that 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 Kent Haslam just raised. Is like you're talking about extending this thing out a month now, longer. Yeah, because you can't start in February. You well, can't. that's the proposal that they're going to start the last well, week of February. Okay, let me let me be clear. You can't start then in January. You can't. Right. The point is, the extension has to come on the back end, not on the front end of the season. Right, so right. that's why you. That's why it would extend the season sure. later into the the spring and summer rather than moving it forward. Because I mean, the first week of February, good. I mean, the last week of February, excuse me, but nonetheless, good luck with even that. You know, I mean, that's 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 going to be tough. Um, it's going to be really. Um, it's going to be something to watch when we get to that time of year. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot that changes in college athletics, and there's going to be a lot that changes in the world at large. There's going to be a lot that changes when it comes to the Big Sky Conference. I, I hope everybody makes it through. We'll see. 
We um, will definitely see. There, there's going to be some huge, huge, huge fallout from this. And I, I know we're going to get into it in the second hour as well, but I also think that there's a lot more factors that go into being able to play in the spring beyond what we've hammered on already for a month. Capacity in stadiums, we know that. What revenue you can make or not, what's it worth to the schools, we know that. County health departments and their regulations, we know that. We know what these these challenges are. We know the challenge of if you're playing just for a conference championship or a bid in the FCS playoffs, who wants to do what, what's most important to you, we know that as well. This testing thing, though, is pretty hardcore, and the financial demand of it is pretty um, substantial. It's substantial for sure, and I just I wonder how it's going to impact schools. And the other thing that we haven't talked about enough, I think, at the end of the day, these are colleges, these are universities, they're mostly state institutions. There's not one public state institution that's not going to take a huge hit in the next academic year mm-hmm. based on enrollment. Oh, for, absolutely. Because you're talking yeah. about online classes or kids maybe, you know, I mean, how many kids in the United States of America that are class of 2020 are going to take a gap year? What is a better time to take a gap year? Why would you ever want to go to a college campus if you can't live in the dorms and hang out with your friends and go to class? How many kids that are juniors going to be seniors don't just take a gap year? Uh, and that's what I'm saying. So then if all of a sudden everybody has dissipated enrollment, then the administrations are going to have to start that's looking right. at what the budget is, where does athletics fit into the budget. But then it's also just this hierarchy of why do the football players get to have tests? Or why do the athletes get to have tests? Yep. Where's the tests for everybody else? It's just going to become so muddy. We'll get into a little bit more. I know we got to get out because we got Leon Castello, Montana State Athletic Director, yep. up next. Also, Jeff Choate, he's going to come with us next week, head coach okay. at Montana State. Great. But he did do a, a interview with Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. And uh, as we know, Coach Choate doesn't hold back, but this one, he just lets it rip. So we'll okay. get to that in a little bit as well. Um, after we spent an hour yesterday just ripping people for incorrect information in tweets and putting bad information out there in tweets, and then I, the only tweet that I make today – is inaccurate. What am I doing? That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. The hypocrisy of it. I, I, We're burning me today on the tweet that I sent out. Albeit, I think it was, it was an honest mistake, but nonetheless a mistake. So, you know, I, I, I grovel before the court. Uh, and uh, accept my apologies. It's two telling new one is one of two nine ESPN Radio. As Coulter mentioned, Leon Costello, the athletic director of Montana State, he joined us for a conversation earlier today. We will bring that to you right after this. It's still summertime. You got time to do what you want. Maybe all of a sudden today you got more time to do what you want, and maybe it's time you didn't expect or even want to have, but you've got it nonetheless. So go to Curse Polaris twenty nine zero four. West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. You go to Kurtz Polaris. You got side-by-sides, the Razors, the Rangers, the Generals. Get up in the mountains, go on the Forest Service roads, have a blast up there. Maybe Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, get on two wheels, go bombing around wherever you want to go on those. Get you anywhere. Higher elevations, beautiful. Or it's still boating season, people. Culture's going to the lake. I'm going to the lake. Get yourself a Crest Pontoon boat. You buying me one? You buying me one? Dude, it's on me, dude. I, I got need one for the weekend. The account's open. Credit's you open. The, you are the program director of ESPN Radio. That's right. And I got I got, I got, the uh, open credit account at Kurtz Polaris. We go in there. We just take whatever we want. And we just mark it down. Bill it to the uh, bill it to me. You know, it's all good. Uh, that place, that, that those boats, though, I'm telling you, you take a look at one of those, and you're going to think twice about why you're not doing anything but the crest pontooning on any lake, river, whatever it might be. So go in there, check it out. 
experience summer the way you always imagined at Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Two Tell Anyone is 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Again, news of the day, the Big Sky Conference is moving their football season from the fall of 2020 to the spring of 2021. Uh, that announcement came down this morning, and uh, we just heard from Kent Hazel, the uh, athletic director at the University of Montana. Also earlier in the show from Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. It's becoming a Friday routine around here to hit the the big three, as it were. And now uh, we're happy to uh, speak with Leon Costello from Montana State University, the athletic director there we spoke to earlier today. Here you go. We go now to the Rankins Brothers RV phone line, and we're happy to welcome in, uh, once again, the athletic director at Montana State University, Leon Costello. And, Leon, obviously it's uh, been a big day. a big It's been a big, you know, several weeks in, a, in the last 24 hours uh, particularly. Uh, one thing that I know has been really on your mind is, is just trying to get some finality, some decision to be made. And we'll get into the decision to move football to the spring and all that that entails. Tales, but for you as an athletic director to now have a definitive uh, a knowledge of what is going to happen, at least as it pertains to football and the conference schedule, it, how, how big a deal is that for you? Well, I, I think for me, um, in, in talking with our student-athletes and our coaches, for them and their, their kind of mental well-being, they have answers. And now they can work towards their schedules uh, and procedures that they need to do right now. I think when I talked to them, one of the biggest things they came to me with was, you know, they are so used to having a regimented schedule and sometimes up to a month at a time. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I was an athlete. I don't think we ever had that, but they truly appreciate that because they know when and where they have to be uh, for football or, or other sports. And then they know that they have to go do these other things for classes and their homework and how they're going to eat and lift and do all those other things. They appreciate that schedule. And here these last, the last month, especially these last two weeks have been so chaotic and just up in the air. Uh, you know, that really kind of messed with them a little bit. And uh, so for them, I feel really good um, that we can move forward. We have an answer. We have a goal now that we are working towards, but as you probably know, there are now more questions that we have to answer with, with eligibility and, and when is actual practice going to start? How many practices do we get in the fall? When do we, when can we start, you know, in the spring, like an actual fall camp would be spring camp. And we have to work through, you know, all of those decisions with our counterparts across the country and the NCAA. Um, but it, that's okay because I think we're given our student athletes and our coaches something to work towards. And now we can take care of the details on the back end. You mentioned the, the mental health and welfare of the student athletes and 
I, I, I want to ask this um, in as non-controversial of a way as I possibly can. And I don't necessarily need a media analysis on this, but yesterday, about 3 o'clock, multiple national media outlets reported straight up the Big Sky Conference had canceled fall sports, including canceling football. And it was when we were on the air, and I was just going off about how this was not true, how the athletic directors had gotten together and presented this thing. But, I mean, just from a, a broad perspective, it, it, you saw Twitter then go off with a bunch of student-athletes from around the conference saying, man, I can't believe that they just called off the whole thing, but that's not actually the case. So uh, how frustrating is that just to see that you guys actually did have a definitive plan that you were working towards that you then presented the presidents that they then accepted, uh, but maybe there was some misinformation out there. And, and what do you think overall just of the plan that you guys were able to put together? It seems like all things considered is the best case scenario uh yeah i agree you know first and foremost culture i i can't say what i really want to say um about what happened yesterday on air um no doubt it, neither it, culture could actually I, and did you well, should know I, 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 did, I did but i did have to censor myself a little bit because i was very angry at what was happening it was very it frustrating was, it was it was infuriating because um as you know there are a lot of conversations that we have whether it's within our staff and decisions that we have to make with the conference at the president's level. And sometimes we have to hold on to that information. I mean, we never want our student athletes, our coaches, our staff to read things in print before we are able to tell them. And we were, we always set things up, no matter if it's here at MSU or within the conference to be able to make decisions, hold that information, and then have an opportunity to sit down, tell your coaches, tell your student athletes exactly what's happened. I always want them to hear from me first before reading anything on on Twitter in a press release. And the fact that that was basically taken away from us uh, with misinformation, you know, if you're going to have a source, you better be able to, in my opinion, you better be able to name your source because a source can be anything. And unless you have an actual name that you can, that you can put down and go on record, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. And um, it just, it took away an opportunity for us and everybody across the, the conference to really have these meaningful conversations with student athletes and coaches and, and staff. And that's what really infuriates me the most. Um, but I guess there's nothing we can do about that. And I guess that's the age of social media. I'm getting older and um, maybe a little more cranky. And it just, there, there needs to be some set of rules, some integrity that goes along with the things that we are doing. We, you know, we try and abide by that every day, but with social media, it just seems like things are getting a little out of control. Um, but those are things too, that we try and teach our student athletes. This is out there and, and you've got to be careful. And we, and we try and provide them with education on, on, on what this all means and how it can hurt or help you. And there's a lot of good things about social media. There's a lot of great coverage that we get from the FDS that we are so grateful for. And I, 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't say that we want that coverage and we need that coverage. What you guys provide here locally what we get from the national level, but let's get together and make sure that we're going to put stuff out there that we have the correct information, please. No question about it. But when it, when it comes to actually what occurred yesterday, then uh, when you're, when you're having the conversation with the fellow athletic directors around the big sky conference, uh, as we've talked about extensively, the big sky conference is such a fascinating league. And I, and I would argue maybe the, the most interesting league in the country to cover because of the distinctly different dynamics you have from all the different member schools. So when you're weighing all the factors here, to me it seems like this is a three-pronged deal in terms of the paramount factors of what you guys presented to the presidents. You have 
first and foremost, the safety of the student athletes and, and anybody that they might be in contact with exteriorly. You have revenue and figuring out a way to recoup that if you do have, you know, uh, mitigated or, or maybe reduced crowd sizes. Uh, and then you have just the integrity of a championship, whether it's a conference championship, a national championship. Uh, I mean, in, Mont- in the Mon- state of Montana's case, even a state championship. So how do you go about weighing those things? And what were those conversations like? Because I'm sure each individual school, depending on region and affiliation, brought different priorities to the table. Uh, so what, what were some of just the give and take there? And what do you think of the overall plan that you guys were able to present to the presidents? Yeah, I, I think for us, it's uh, and, and something that we do here is, um, you know, student athlete voice, for us is paramount and we want to support them in a way that they want to be supported. And, and I truly feel like our staff is, isn't all of our staff and myself included is a support role uh, for our student athletes in our programs. And so hearing from them and what they want uh, is, is huge in what we carry forward into those conversations with, with the conference. And, you know, I think ultimately this came to a head when the NCA, um, recommendations turned into requirements and then they left the decisions to each division and when you look at the list of requirements um we knew we were going to be in a little bit of trouble because of the the nature of just a uh fcs uh, institution mid-major schools uh and the finances that go along with trying to um meet those requirements were going to be very very tough and the first thing that we had to do is provide a safe environment for our student athletes and when you look at the testing requirements um, yeah, it was going to be financially difficult for some institutions. I, I, I feel we were lucky here at MSU because you've seen all the, the information about what MSU is doing on campus with testing with the governor and the state of Montana. And I felt we, we could be able to do that and felt really good about it. I think you have to take a look at then who are you playing and are they able to meet the same standards? And if they're not, I don't want to put our guys out against somebody that's not meeting the same standards that we are. That's not providing a safe atmosphere. And so when you looked at where our institutions are, when you, when you span eight States and they're all in different, uh, the pandemic is just different and the virus is different in each of those locations. You have to weigh, you know, all of those things and to see who is actually going to be able to meet the requirements, who's actually going to be able to play. And, uh, and, and right now, we are all across the board. I mean, we have maybe half of our schools that aren't even on campus, aren't even doing workouts. So were they even going to be ready to play in the fall? And if you want to play for a conference championship, you got to have your conference schools being able to play. And so we talked about all, all of those things and all those things um, played a role. Um, and our student athletes were great because they said, look, we just want to play. You tell us when we're going to play and we're going to go play. And when we explained the decision-making process and how we got to where we, where we got to, they were, they were great. They, now they had a decision and now they knew what their focus was and what their goal was. And that's what I appreciate most about our, our student athletes and our coaches is that uh, we've got a great culture here. They want to come here. They want to win. You know, we want to go to class. They want to get good grades. They want to graduate. Um, and they understand uh, the, the decisions that were being made. But I think that all comes back to just proper communication between us coaches and student athletes. You know, Leon, when you mentioned the uh, the cost of testing in particular and the prohibitive nature of, of the expense of that, especially for a football team, for various schools at the FCS level, for everybody at the FCS level in one way or another, 
how is this not just pushing the buck to some extent to say to come back in the spring? I mean, is there any reason to think that some, you know, okay, per- perhaps, you know, we're on the other side of this thing, which is obviously a best case scenario. But if we're not, that testing presumably would still be a requirement even for spring football. And therefore, that cost would still stand as as a problem for a lot of schools. Right. Correct. And I, in my opinion, is we are giving ourselves more time to hopefully have the virus, I don't want to say run its course, but, you know, run its course. And, and hopefully we learn more about it and we can mitigate uh, the spread more. And, and then maybe those requirements are reduced. Maybe the requirements aren't exactly what they are right now. You know, giving us enough time to, to be able to adapt and see what, uh, what the trends are with the spread, uh, I think our hope is that those requirements are, are reduced because um, the safety um, the safety factor has gone up for us just naturally because of what's going on in the uh, in the communities uh, across the country and so I think there's a little bit of both yes if things are the same we're still going to have those issues but I think what we're thinking is that uh, give us more time let's give you know this virus some more time to, to run its course and let's see where we are and hopefully uh, the requirements maybe just aren't as strict as what they are right now Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Leon Costello joining us, the athletic director at Montana State University. Leon, the other interesting part about what the NCAA passed down, which was mostly just giving the schools and conferences decision-making power and autonomy, but there was the the testing uh, scenario, but also then talking about the percentage of teams from each division in fall sports that needed to participate, setting it at 50%. And so then it became kind of this ticking clock of who was already had canceled, who was still available. And I know as of Tuesday, I think there was 73 of the, uh, the 111 or 113, something around there, schools available. But then with the Big Skies decision, the Pioneer League's decision, and now I think we're right at, if not a little bit below, 50%. So that, I think that puts then the pressure on the FCS and as a whole to move the playoff to the spring. But when you guys were making the decision from a league perspective, did you weigh the national perspective? Was there conversations with other conferences like the Missouri Valley, for example, uh, when it comes to maintaining the integrity of the FCS playoff, which is one of the great parts about what Division One AA football has always been about? Yeah, I mean, those, those conversations were had, you know, whether it was on an athletic director level, calling um, other athletic directors in other conferences, 
Uh, the commissioners uh, got together repeatedly and multiple times to have those conversations. But first and foremost, I mean, the decision was made, uh, can, we, can we provide a safe atmosphere for, uh, for our coaches and student-athletes to play? And then if we were, if we could, then what, is that, what are those other things um, that are affected? And when we knew that that was going to be difficult, of course, I mean, we were having those conversations to say, look, we don't, maybe we don't think we're going to be able to do this. You know, what's the probabilities of other conferences moving uh, to the spring? I, I think those are always in the back of our heads and, and probably talked about. But I can tell you they weren't, you know, they weren't the major or the primary point of the, of the decision. And I think as a conference, we, we wanted to ensure that we made decisions as a, as a conference uh, so when we could act and work together uh, to provide uh, the opportunities for these student-athletes. And, you know, we did this knowing that there's a chance that the, the FCS playoffs could still take place in the fall. But it was important for us as a conference to do this, to, to do this together. And um, I, 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 at the end of the day, I'm happy with where the conversations went. I'm happy with the conversations we had. Um, you know, I think it's, it brought us all closer together on what's important here, and it's, it's the student-athletes. And uh, at the end of the day, if we can play for a conference title, if that includes an FCS playoffs, that's great. Um, that's what we're all here for. But, uh, you know, if we can get one of those, I think I can be happy with it because I think our student-athletes would be happy with it as well. They, they want to win a Big Sky championship. And then, uh, yeah, of course, they want an opportunity to play for an FCS title. When it comes to the FCS as a whole, I think that uh, there was – uh, about half the conferences that made decisions uh, a little bit earlier on. I know you guys and the Missouri Valley were kind of in this waiting state trying to see what the NCAA was going to do. But to me, it seems like particularly the what we call the Power Three in the, in the FCS, the Colonial Athletic Association, the Big Sky Conference, and the Missouri Valley Football Conference, those three leagues uh, are very um, – very keen on wanting to pursue a national championship, but it seems as if there's some other leagues that maybe are in different financial situations, uh, different decision-making situations, uh, leagues like the SOCON, the Big South, and it seems as if there's some schools in those leagues that are going to go this fall, no matter what the scenario is, FCS playoffs be damned, they're going to roll. A lot of it has to do with, you know, keeping up the regional rivalries, playing money games, things like that, but what what do you think of just the way that this might impact the FCS as a whole? I mean, do you think that this has a chance to maybe... You know, if some teams do play in the fall uh, and then there is a playoff in the spring uh, for this to split the, the FCS as it is, or what do you think of this? What does this mean just for the future of the FCS as a whole? <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that is a loaded question. Um, you know, I think given the last six, seven months, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it means for, you know, really, I guess what I'm, what I'm doing is looking at Montana State University, like, what does it mean for us? How can we put ourselves in the best possible position? And I think other universities and, and departments are going to make those decisions based on uh, what's right for them and, and given the, the, the environment that we currently find ourselves in. And so my, my first concern is really taking care of MSU, MSU Athletics, and, and how we get Montana State University open safely so we can have uh, classes and a, a somewhat normal experience here. But you know, I think with anything, any given year, any legislation that comes out, any change in what you're doing, there's an opportunity for things to, um, you know, to be a ripple effect. And I think this is, this is one of them. I think there could be uh, some sort of ripple effect on, on what it does to the FCS landscape. I think even at the FBS level, I, I, 
you could potentially see more teams like Idaho coming to the, you know, to coming to the FCS because of just the financial situations uh, that some of these schools find themselves in. And if they're going to play without fans and uh, and they're going to have, they're going to abide by all these testing requirements, I just, I feel like fin- finances are going to play a huge part um, in all departments across the country, and it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I'm fortunate and feel fortunate. Uh, then I'm at MSU and, and we're in good financial standing and our department takes care of, of our business and our campus uh, continues to grow. And so I feel comfortable there, but um, I know it's not the same at every institution uh, across the country. And so, yeah, I will be watching it uh, closely to see kind of what the, uh, what the ripple effect ends up being. Leon Costello, Montana State Athletic Director, uh, joining us. Last question here for you, Leon. I wanted to touch on the opt-out clause, which is part of, of what the NCAA passed down as a requirement that all players have the option to opt out. They would be able to keep their, their scholarship. But I'm interested to know, now that football is going to be played in the spring, if players choose to opt out, first of all, can they still practice with the team in the spring and basically be with the team without actually playing in the games? And then what is the eligibility impact, if any? Does it count as a red shirt? If a player's already had a red shirt, what happens then? How does that work if, if, if kids don't want to, to play and then want to reconvene in the fall for the 2021 season? Yeah, I, I think some of those details are being worked out uh, with our compliance office and the, and the conference office along with the NCAA office. And uh, I think first and foremost, Ryan, I mean, we want to support our student athletes. And if they feel that this is an environment that isn't healthy for them, then, of course, we are going to support them and and work with them in any way we can. uh, So they feel comfortable that they can still go to class and go to, you know, go to school, keep earning their credits towards their degree, which is obviously ultimately the the ultimate goal here. Um, Yeah. And I think that's something we, we are looking at right now is if somebody's opting out for health reasons, how much you know, do you want them to be part of your team? Because if they're opting out, uh, you know, everybody that's part of the team still has to abide by all the team rules that are set forth. And if you have opted out, then you're probably taking yourself out of that situation. And so, you know, what does that mean with, uh, with, with where the team rules are? And so those are things we're looking at very closely. Um, again, we want to be as supportive as possible, but we also need to make sure, you know, we're trying to insulate uh, and, and, create a bubble as much as possible we can for our student athletes to create safe environments in the weight room, in the training room, in different places. And if others aren't abiding by those rules, um, then how can we intermix them with, with members of that team? And so we'll work with each case uh, like we always do and, and work with each, each individual as it comes up. But uh, I think those are things we are still definitely working through, but we got to be really careful when it comes to uh, the health and safety of, of the team uh, when you're dealing with each individual. So, um, yeah, kind of a roundabout answer, but um, uh, l- luckily as to this point, we haven't had anybody opt out. Um, they've all, you know, they've, they're all still with their respective teams. Um, but that is something we know that we are definitely going to deal with, especially as we learn more and see what happens here on campus as we, as we start to open uh, our campus on August 17th. Well, Leon, once again, we know it's been a, a hectic 24 hours for sure. We know we have one answer, and that means that there's now a thousand more answers to attend to uh, for, for you and for, <laughs> for, for the athletic department at MSU. But we appreciate your time once again. Thanks for being with us. Well, and thank you guys. And like I said before, you know, we appreciate so much the local coverage that, uh, that we get here. And, and, I, and we also appreciate the national coverage. But uh, for, you know, with you guys and the questions you asked, you really understand 
MSU, you understand Montana State Athletics, uh, you understand what we're all about, and it, it's uh, it's great to be able to get our message out through you guys as well. So we appreciate uh, everything you do, and I'm sure we're going to continue to talk as we try and get through this this whole situation. So thanks again. Well, thank you, Leon. We appreciate appreciate the kind words, and we definitely want to put out only good information. Relatedly, I will be playing inside linebacker at Montana State this next <laughs> spring, so I'm very excited about that. Appreciate the scholarship uh, offer from Jeff on that, and I look forward to pursuing my Ph.D. in Bozeman. <laughs> And I guess, I guess you're the natural source, so we're all good, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a, it's a self-story, so it can't be inaccurate. See, that's, that's the beauty of it. I love it. it. Uh, Leon, well, thank hey, you I'm, very much. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there when you go through your physical and, and all the testing that you have to do to see if you can make it. <laughs> I'm going to be there to watch you meet Isaiah Fonse in the hole for the first time. Let's go. This might be the first and last play of Ryan's life. The very first test I take will be the very first injury I will occur uh, incur at, at, at football. Hey, that is for sure. So that's wait, gonna... as, a, as a public official that you are, we may have to make it a public event. What do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, let's invite everybody. Let's, you know, let's get however many we can fit at six feet apart and let's just load it up and watch me run my 10 340 <laughs> and we'll have a grand time i love it all right guys thank you bet thank you leon costello again athletic director of montana state university really appreciate him being with us okay we've heard from the athletic directors we've heard from the commissioner now we're going to hear from uh, some coaches both uh, jeff choate and bobby hauck a couple of players as well on the other side it's to tell new it's espn radio It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.